Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Green Pearl Podcast. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hamian. Um, before we start uh, and I introduce our illustrious guests for you today, we are recording on a very sad day for Fulham Football Club and indeed um, football in general. The news this morning that we lost George Cohen, MBE, at the age of 83 has hit everybody connected with Fulham and, and football quite frankly uh, very hard indeed um, I've been searching for most of the day for an appropriate introduction there aren't words that will do justice to what George Cohen did on the field in terms of making 459 appearances for a Fulham team that established itself in the top flight that reached two FA Cup um, semi-finals and indeed that he played for throughout his entire 13-year professional career or of course for England where he is a bona fide uh, English footballing legend, part of the 1966 uh, World Cup winning team or indeed George's remarkable uh, charity work raising money for the Bobby Moore Fund, calling for an inquiry into uh, dementia-related uh, football injuries and many other charities that were close to his heart. Um, I'd like to send our best wishes to his wife Daphne, his two children Andrew and Anthony and all of George's many friends. It's a very sad loss to Fulham, um, to football and frankly to society. So uh, our best wishes to, to George's family. Um, he is forever Fulham and may he rest in peace. But George, being the man that he was, would want us to carry on following Fulham and talking about Fulham because he was so fond of talking about Fulham himself. I'm delighted that we've got a real Christmas cracker of an episode uh, for you this evening with two um, wonderful first ladies of Fulham blogging. I'm delighted to introduce Jackie Button and Lorraine Hughes from who are who are best known to us as bloggers, I think, in the first instance of some repute, uh, cataloguing the Fulham season in their illimitable style for, for some years now, and we'll get on to that. They also are now producing novels at quite some pace. There aren't many novelists who can who can churn out novels uh, as quickly as these two ladies. So without further without further ado, let's introduce them uh, both. Jackie, let's start with you. How are you this evening? Are you well? I'm good, thanks, Dan. Uh, still a bit upset, as I think we all are, about the news about George. But other than that, I'm well and looking forward to Christmas. Excellent. I'm glad you're in the Christmas spirit. It takes me some time to to get ready for the festivities, not least because my birthday is in December. So you can't start celebrating Christmas until after that. Uh, Loz, how are you? Uh, very well, um, and very pleased to be on the Green Pole. So uh, thank you very much for inviting us. That's great. Um, but yeah, like you both, very sad to hear about George Cohen I mean, today. I mean, the tributes, I just think, have, have been really, really wonderful in the national newspapers, on the national news. The club have done a brilliant job. And uh, yeah, it's really touching and quite emotional, actually. And I sort of like everyone, you must feel for his family because just before Christmas, you know, it's going to be so difficult for them. I mean, it is at any time of year, but particularly at Christmas. And uh, so, yeah, true club legend and will be permanently sort of imprinted on anyone that loves Fulham's memories and hearts. So, yeah, just very sort of sentimental about it, really. 
yeah, it affected me a lot more than I than I than I thought it would actually this morning when uh, when the phone call came, um, and I, I think hopefully his family can take some solace from how loved he was by people who may not even have met George or um, or, or knew him intimately. You know, he was the kind of person who everybody thought they knew regardless, um, and he encouraged that. Um, so hopefully they can take some solace from what you said, what you both said are, are wonderful tributes um, that have come out today. And I know that there are, there's more to come and I'm sure the Fulham family will, will show just how much George meant to them in the coming days, both at Crystal Palace um, and at Southampton um, on New Year's Eve. Right. Um, not to diminish any of that because it's very important. We do like to ask our guests a couple of questions to set the scene. Um, and the first one is always, how did you get into this crazy world of following Fulham? Um, and I don't know whether you got into it at the same time and indeed how you met each other uh, and how you became such um, such great chroniclers of, of the Fulham story. <laughs> Uh, Jackie, I'll start with you. How, how did you? How did Fulham first come into your life? So actually, you have to start with Loz because oh, do I? All right. introduced well. me to Fulham. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. look, I, I've, women have always been very good at telling me when I'm wrong, <laughs> and there's the first instance. It's it's often necessary. So Loz, I'm reverting to you to tell the story then. Well, I mean, I I've, I've always loved football from when I was a schoolgirl and would support my local teams and pretty much uh, always made a policy of, uh, dare I say it, not going for the big teams. <laughs> um, and so when it was when I moved to London for work and moved to Hammersmith and and, and, and that was it. Uh, so that was well over 20 years ago. I mean, I did start, I, I, I did go to the cottage before they moved to Loftus Road I did go to Loftus Road because I think I wasn't really, to be honest, truly aware of the boycott because until many fans didn't actually go to Loftus Road, uh, but still I did watch them there. And um, and Jackie, I know through work, so we both work in property and development for our day jobs, and um, so having uh, got to know Jackie. Uh, and realised that she loved football, I said, well, you've got to come to the cottage. So over to you, Jack. Yeah, so I, I grew up in Bath, which, as everyone knows, is a, is a rugby place. And I, I'm i interested in rugby, but it just doesn't really do it for me. And I always, I was always far more interested in football, which, which made me a bit weird in those days. <laughs> um, came to London for uni and um, sort of shopped around a bit. Um, I went to Upton Park a few times, didn't feel right. Um, I'm embarrassed to say I... Don't say vaguely, it, don't say it, don't say it. I, don't I just say vaguely no, considered no swearing, it. No swearing on the podcast, please. <laughs> I won't say the name. And Thank it was you. a very brief, very, you know, you know, just not Flirtation. even... A, a, yeah. This is not um, a conventional Jackie. I would, I would, yeah... Yeah. Put that yeah. thought from your That's mind. Tell, tell me about tell, tell me about your first game if you, if you can so, remember. So, um, I, as Loz said, we we uh, know each other through work, and um, I was in this um experimental stage, shall we call it? And she said, "Oh, you must come to Craven Cottage," 
So we went to Craven Cottage and it was, we were playing Liverpool and we lost, but I felt, I felt like I'd come home. I really did. We sat in the Hammersmith end quite near the front. In fact, so near the front that as we were walking down the steps, I was thinking, oh my God, are we going to be playing? Um, The atmosphere was great. The view was great. The fact that there is a cottage in the corner of the ground, and I I still can't get over that. I look at that every single time we walk down the steps of the Hammersmith End and think there just is no ground in the world like this. And now with the Riverside Stand as well, obviously, it's it's even better. But, um, yeah, despite despite losing, um, I became a Fulham fan really in those 90 minutes, and I've never looked back. Fantastic. I mean, most Fulham fans are introduced to the football club through the bitter pain of defeat, um, that is that is that is sort of what happens. Um, so so that's lovely. Now you're best known to the Fulham fan base for these very entertaining and witty uh, synopses that you write following the following the matches. Um, and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how that started, because clearly it didn't start at exactly the same time as uh, as you set through stepped through the Hammersmith End um, turnstile, Jack. So we used to go to the OSP um, of great memory that it was, and it was back in 2014, and Kit Simons was was manager at the time. And um, things were not going well, as we will all recall. But we were sort of chatting away about a game and we were with some friends, I think, friends and family. And someone said, God, you two have got so much to say about the game. You should write a blog. And we sort of thought, oh, OK. Um, and it, it kind of grew from there. So um, it's such a pleasure to write. It's, it's amazing when we hear people reading it, especially lots of people from abroad, seem to like it because we describe the whole match day experience as well as just the match. So, um, yeah, and it's it's just gone from strength to strength. And and um, I've personally really missed blogging this last month without without any football match or without any Fulham matches anyway. Yes, the, the disappointment of the hand-shopping World Cup is uh, is well known uh, to, to everybody, really. Um, it's been a challenge covering Fulham in a period where there have been no men's matches to uh, to, to focus on. Um, Lars, the process of, of writing this and the things that you pick out to highlight, um, they really do set your blog apart from other places it, it gives it a real character um and, and people sort of come along for the journey even if you're not there yourself you're living vicariously through 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 what you guys are, are putting down was it did you want to put like an individual stamp on on it or was it just something that that, that happened uh, i think we, we definitely wanted to uh do something a bit different i mean we didn't spend ages like sort of trying to strategize about it it was more about there's there's lots of good stuff out there and the fulham family is just fantastic and very embracing and we just thought well uh we'll just do a slightly different take because for us when we didn't play football at school or uh get taught the technical side we understand and can talk about it but um we're we're not technicians we're not interested sort of ad nauseum on the stats you know so it's more the sort of 
the overview and the qualitative aspects and also just the the funny bits there's so many funny bits to football games and sort of like quite outrageous bits that sort of don't always get captured in in other forms you know where it's just a match report and um and we just we just thought we so we did think about well what should we include? I mean, like, who cares what the weather's about? But as Jackie was saying, if you're not, if you haven't been to the match, and only a few thousand people, if you think about it, go to the match, but lots of people support Fulham. And so we just thought, well, we'll sort of put the whole caboodle in and also just sort of the, the random musings bit. That just came about because we just thought, how, how do you capture, like, when, you know, Tom Kenny's more worried about his hair or something, you know, than... Or pulls down his shorts or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those sort of weird things so so it sort of just it it wasn't sort of um it wasn't a set template or we didn't want to be formulaic about it and it, then it just happened and then initially we were sort of like doing or taking turns at doing it but now we discuss it and i'd say jackie is the scribe or the wordsworth as i call her but we sort of we we will always chat about like the notable things and also just um like the man of the match because and um, and we you know, sometimes we'll sort of narrow it down to two or three people. And we're not trying to do a straw poll of what everyone who went to the game thought about it. It's just, who did we think? And and we don't think we're always right or anything. It's just, that's our view. And so we're quite happy if people have a completely different view. But generally, I think most people, you know, are, are there or thereabouts in terms of who they think they might, might have been the best or most influential player on the pitch. But um it's just a bit of fun, and we were just absolutely delighted that it got sort of a following and some traction. And yeah, and and actually the funny bits, and I have to say, Jackie writes some lines that make me like laugh out loud. And I'm like, so I have to say, hats off to Jackie for writing some very good one-liners. I have to say, yeah, thank it's you. An, it's an admirable quality, and I have to say, random musings is often my favourite part um because it, it captures some of the things that you don't always spot when you're following the ball or perhaps you don't have that particular character sat next to you um who has to make their way you know at an away game or even at a home game sometimes yeah. there's someone who comes out with a great line of their own um or, or just is notable in some other way um the the one question i wanted to ask is it's great that the female voice in within football is being given much more prominence now. We, we've just done a Women's Football Month to to coincide with um, the Fulham women's team playing at playing at Craven Cottage for the first time in in two decades. Were you ever conscious of of, of being women who wrote about uh, what is still a male dominated sport? Um, Jackie. I- a little bit perhaps but that it it never occurred to us really that that was our differentiation we we just love football football fans just love football so we we approach it on that basis it's not that we're women it's that we're football fans and people seem to appreciate it from that point of view I think because Jackie often gets abbreviated to Jack People probably didn't always realise we were two women to start with anyway. But certainly I don't think we get any special treatment from the feedback we get for, um, you know, a a more ladylike point of view, shall we say. So, um, you know, all fans should have a voice. It's great we have a voice. It's great that we have um, a Fulham women's team doing so well now. And that having women who write about football, just as having women commentators and women presenters now is, is normal. 
Absolutely. I think that's, that's right. It has changed a lot. I mean, if I think sort of years ago in an office or whatever, people would be surprised that, that the you know, you as a woman liked football was also knowledgeable. Put it this way, they didn't, they assumed that you wouldn't be. So, uh, you know, and then, and, you know, if you were doing a fantasy team or whatever, there'd be a, a bit of sort of um, surprise. And you, you weren't trying to go out of your way to impress anybody because I don't care or I'm sure Jackie doesn't care either. But um, but it's sort of like almost at times there would definitely be a begrudging acceptance as opposed to, uh, and sometimes a bit, I think, of um, uh, not that happy that you were maybe sort of stomping on some male territory. Um, so a bit of like, well, what do you know, you know, type of stuff. But I think that has changed quite a lot Um thankfully especially in recent years and the women's game at long last is getting so much better coverage i mean um in america i think it you know it has been up there up with the the men's game for a long time but here i think it's just massively come on leaps and bounds and i think the um the women's team playing at craven cottage i think was fantastic i think it was really really good i think the support was excellent and i think the clubs sort of recognise that it was really, really good for their profile and for everyone, as Jackie said, you know, if you enjoy football, it's just, it's great football and it's great to watch. And I think the more they can do to support that and get them up the leagues, the better. Yeah, it's certainly uh, being worked upon and, and watch this space for another women's game at Craven Cottage, so I'm told. So uh, uh, that's going to come sooner, sooner rather than later. Um, and it's great as well that you're you've been so accepted as uh, erudite scholars of 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 Fulham. I mean, you talked about ladylike um, uh, viewpoint. Uh, I, I do find it to be of a much higher standard than than some of the other stuff that's that's written about Fulham on forums and and on various websites and even in various publications. So, yeah, more power to your elbow. And on that point, um, we need to talk about these two books that, that you've authored. And um, I'm conscious because I'd written down some things I wanted to discuss with you. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute. There may be people who haven't read these novels and I don't want to spoil the plot. So I'm going to tiptoe around the topics, some of the topics that have been discussed. But so, so the first uh, novel that you wrote, and I'll be interested to know how that that came into being, ladies. Crossing the line, um, and they've got you know, if you're a Fulham follower, you can recognise various sorts of allusions to to Fulham. Some of them more 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 overt than than others, and, and sort of little uh, tapestries that align with with the club's past. Um, Maybe we could just talk. I'm, I'm not sure who's going to start on this. Maybe we could, we could just talk about how you came to write a novel um, and, and what the experience was like. And, and you got some really good feedback from from that first one. Um, so m much like the blog, it may have surprised you um, to begin with. Uh, Loz is indicating that I should start with you, Jack. Here. So I well. Really, it was more her idea than mine, to be honest with you. I think she'd been mulling it over and she suddenly came out with this, oh, I think we should write a book. And because I'm obviously a bit mad, instead of saying, Why what? are you a bit mad? I said, 
I said, oh, I mean, you entertained the idea. That's why. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, we, it was unfortunate timing or or maybe fortunate, unfortunate in that we, we started planning it just before lockdown. So we went into lockdown with the plan, but we obviously had to write it completely separately, discuss it on zoom calls and um, it was it was a fun distraction during lockdown, which, as, as we all know, was a horrendous time for everybody. But um, it did make writing a book with another person, which was a, a unique experience anyway. It did make it quite hard. But you'd never have known from the way the story flows. And, uh, and, oh, thank you. Um, uh, and not to give anything away, because there are plenty of twists and turns that I don't want to... Um... To, to spoil for for uh, for future readers because I know we put the uh, the second book on our sort of Christmas list at, at Hammy and for people to um, to purchase and I, I know some people have and uh, they don't even know yet that it's in their Christmas stocking so hopefully <laughs> they'll, they'll get a nice surprise on on Christmas Day but it flows very well so I'm so so you don't need to worry about what on that score Loz, you, you should have the right of reply to being the um the originator of this idea <laughs> the, the instigator um well I think we thought uh that there's there's not that much football fiction out there and when you think about the storylines or just the themes that go on with football, we know there's lots of money in it. We know there's some dodgy stuff that goes on. I'm not talking about Fulham Football Club, but just in football generally. I mean, look at the FIFA World Cup and Qatar. I mean, like, you know, you don't even need to go there. So the and um, ownerships and it's money, it's property, it's, um, you know, and there's sort of a lot of egos involved and all of that. So... We just thought it would be a bit of fun. And because we we wanted to sort of um, overlay it with London and uh, and, and of the themes of the cottage being great real estate by the river, obviously long history with you know, sort of land grab intentions and whether they were thwarted or not. And so we just thought, oh, it would be just quite fun to sort of do a fictional Fulham uh, in a season where it's at the same time as a mayor of London election and how it all gets sort of all sort of murky and mixed up with that. And but what we didn't bank on is that we have got this fictional manager called Marco Maric. And so um Marco Maric, who's Croatian, uh appeared as the fictional Fulham manager. And then after we'd um, published the book, Marco Silva was announced. So we just thought, oh my God, the club might not like this because we we're a bit close to uh, maybe the real manager's name. And that was sort of like not not uh, obviously a known quantity at the time. Um, but actually, I think uh, thankfully the club realised it was so uh, fictional that there was no need to sort of worry about any of the dodgy storylines because at the same time of the club having this fictional Fulham season in the championship and they're trying to progress. Um, then a local neighbour is twi- trying to uh, basically undermine the club and look at its, you know, where they get their hands on it for as a potential development site. So it was ever thus. So, um, so it's all a bit of fun and it, it's, it was a great learning exercise for both of us. It was both like our unpaid part-time jobs that we like doing better than our paid jobs, which because it was just fun. So we treated it like a job, quite frankly, and um, 
and we learned a lot and we made ourselves sort of laugh so it was just sort of quite uh, therapeutic in a way uh, as a lockdown thing and then we just thought oh a lot of people said oh there's quite a few loose ends and we sort of didn't do it on purpose but at the same time we didn't want to wrap everything up nicely because people's lives don't work like that but um so we thought we'd do a, a follow-up but it, it seemed like it was sort of like um you know just sort of like came out miraculously but that took another probably nearly 18 months to do as well so um it's yeah we we sort of now know that as long as you it's, the more planning you do the better um and then editing is uh very boring and very laborious but um the more you can edit the better and uh but we've enjoyed it and the feedback has been really um heartening and we love it when people get into the characters and things we've got some some of the guys that sit near us when they were reading uh crossing the line they were just getting so into it and they'd sort of like come back and ask us like every week for like oh you know ask us for updates and just say is this going to happen or should I be worried about that person or whatever and it was just so heartfelt it was really good like I hope you didn't give away any spoilers no no that's yeah good uh, keep them them turning the pages eagerly I do have a question the second book is called Caught in Possession is this a legacy of watching Fulham play out from the back um (laughs) or is it just is it is that just me reading far too much into the time (laughs) it's it's a bit of both it it was meant to be um you know obviously a football reference but it's also meant to be a reference to the um the roman artifact shall we say on the front cover so it's uh yeah it's 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 a dual meaning excellent um well look it's fabulous to have this. Uh, Loz mentioned earlier, there's not much football fiction out there. They used to it went through a phase of uh, of quite a lot of football fiction, um, sort of in the 90s, and um, certainly as well, not as much female written football fiction, which I think is an important um, distinction because you draw in lots of different themes to wider society and and the wider world than your average football book would ever whatever otherwise do so um it's great to have them both out there um and, and good luck with the second one i know it's selling well to to begin with um and when we've had a bit more time for people to uh, to race through it perhaps we could have you back to to discuss in a bit more depth um some of those, those particular themes i just wanted to finish if i may with, with a question for both of you we're obviously coming up to the end of 2022 um any highlights of your your fulham year it doesn't have to be a, a football moment it could be a random music um Loz, can i start with you is there anything that sticks in the memory particularly from this year of football um i, I think it has to be going down to motsford and um being asked which was absolutely Honestly, we were just so thrilled being asked by Jeff Proust to um, nominate Mitro as one of the uh, club's top strikers. And when we were there, we met Tom and we were like, honestly, we were like schoolgirls. We were just so pathetic, but it was just like, and we just had normal conversations and he was great. And yeah, so we came away just sort of, yeah, sort of cloud nine. So that has to be a highlight. Never mind all Mitro's last minute goals against Brentford and things like that, but... Yeah, that was great. Yeah, Mitro's last-minute goal against Brentford was my moment of the year, but I didn't get to sort of um, uh, 
celebrate him in uh, in the form that you did, or you know have have close personal moments with with Tom Kearney. So so yeah, I'm full, I'm fully uh, on board with you with, with your nomination there. Um, Jack, anything that stuck out for you, perhaps other than that, so or is it really hard to? It's it's got to be winning the championship, really, hasn't it? Although that already feels like years ago rather than still months ago that really was amazing that the, the whole of last season culminating like that the fact that all the the team's hard work paid off the fact that we've been on this journey with them that that didn't always go so well at times but that you, you know you could see the end goal and were we going to make it and yes when we made it beating Luton 7-0 we made it in such style and the presentation that night was fantastic. And, you know, I think we all, you, you see the scarves we were given that night. People people wear them. I, I mean, I've got loads of Fulham scarves, but that that has become such a favourite because it's associated with that evening. And, um, yeah, you know, we, we won the championship. Nobody can take that away from us. We were the champions. We're still the champions of the championship, in fact. And it, that, it was a fantastic experience and, and well-deserved by all the players and Marco and all the fans as well. Oh, so say all of us. Look, it's yeah. been fa- it's been fantastic to um, to talk with you about your your Fulham journey, and I'm sure, given how prolific you are, there's there's much more to come. Thanks so much for for talking to us uh, today, and have a lovely Christmas and Happy New Year to to both of you. And hopefully, we can have you back on um, at some point in the future. Good luck, Thanks Steve. very much, Dan. Thanks. It's been a real pleasure. Wonderful to, to have you on. And that concludes our um, our episode with, with Jack and Loz. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you do go out and buy um, Crossing the Line and Court in Possession. They've made excellent Christmas presents. If, like me, you haven't bought everything for everybody quite yet, you better hurry up, though. Um, <laughs> so thanks very much for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And come on, you whites.